Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Hey all, welcome back to Holy Spirit Feed. Glad you joined me today. Today's episode title is He's Alive. Now, it's not Easter time. It's not Resurrection Sunday at the time of this recording. It might be when you're listening to it, though. What we're going to do today is read through a classic. We are going to read the story of David and Goliath. And hey, don't check out just because you've heard this before. You all know that the Word of God is alive and active, and every time we read it, God wants to reveal new things to us through His Spirit. So let's dig in. 1 Samuel 17, we're going to start in verse 1. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko and Judah and Azekah and Ephesdamon. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley in between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine, champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail, weighing 125 pounds. Hey, I just want to stop for a moment right there. That says a bronze coat of mail. Just so you know, it's not saying he was a mail carrier and like he went postal or something, and that's why he went after the Israelites. That's not what that means. So let me just clarify The coat of mail is actually jointed plates of metal, and it says here that it weighed 125 pounds. All right, so let's pick up in verse 6. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Okay, let's talk about that. We're going to cover verses 4 through 11. So Goliath was over nine feet tall. Can somebody say Nephilim? (laughs) And all that metal that he was wearing. Like, I don't even like to wear a coat. Anybody else? Just give me a t-shirt and some leggings and I'm good. You know, there's no doubt that the enemy looks scary to the Israelites. And honestly, the enemy still does look scary in our lives today. The giants, the mountain in front of us, it seems too huge sometimes. And it looks immovable. You know, either a mountain of debt or physical limitation, relationship issues, an actual person causing you trouble, emotional issues, loss of a job, a wayward child. A life of lack, maybe never having enough or or never feeling good enough. Or you can't ever get ahead. You know, whatever our issues are, they can seem daunting. And the Israelites were terrified and they were deeply shaken. Let's pick up in verse 12. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephratite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. 
Jesse was an old man at the time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shemiah, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. I want us to notice something here. The older brothers were on the front lines, and they had been there for a while, but David went back and forth, back and forth between the battle line and his father. David wasn't under that constant pressure because he had time to go back home where there was peace with the father. I think you know where I'm going with this. Don't just keep fighting. Stop and get time with Father God. He is going to give you what you need to fight this battle and be victorious. Verse 16. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread, and carry them quickly to your brothers, and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. Hey, how many uh, cheese lovers do we have out there? Come on, love me some good cheese. All right, so he said, see how your brothers are getting along, and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army of the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. I just want to say, you know, at some point, you're going to have to stop doing your usual everyday routine to step into God's plan. You can't just stay in that status quo life, that safe, even virtual life for some people. If you're going to be a passionate follower of Jesus, you'll have to step out of your comfort zone and change something. And I'm not keen on setting out early either. Like, I don't like early mornings. I'm not a morning person. But in this case, that's just the way it was, and he did what he had to do. The rest of verse 20 says, He arrived at camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant, the men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? And I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. 
What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He then walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Okay, let's talk about that where the brother's talking to David. I'm detecting some sarcasm here. Those few sheep. How many know? Sometimes people do this. They're brothers. They should be on the same side. But undoubtedly, the brother feels defeated, so he's trying to make David feel the same. That's condemnation. That is a tactic of the enemy. If we're honest, we've probably all done this before. We feel inadequate, so we try to project that onto someone else. We should not do that, of course. And also, we need to realize if someone else is doing that to us, we need to shut it down. And David did. He just kept on. He went on to verify with some other people. Is this true? Is this the reward? I'm into rewards. Anybody else? You know, and I'm on board with double checking and confirming. Like He's like, what's at stake here? This is a high risk. But you know what? High risk, high return on investment. So I love that he investigated that. He cared enough to ask people and make sure he understood the whole story. And then verse 32 says, Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Guys, this should be our response. Don't worry about that devil. I'll take care of little Lucy. He's on my crap list and I'll take him out. That should really be our response. Come on, we are believers. We need to get after it just like David did. Here's how Saul replied to him in verse 33. He says, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Woohoo! Come on, David. Let's go. I love it. That's awesome. Let's talk about that. So David knew that he had been in training with the lion and the bear, not just to sit on the couch, but to fight a Goliath, to go after the giant. God is preparing you right now for what you will be doing next. Maybe you don't like your job you're in or you wish you had a different house. You know what? Take care of that home you have. Honor your boss. Work at the job that you have now as unto the Lord, knowing that he won't leave you there. If you are diligent and do your part, he always does his. Well, you might have the mindset, well, you know, God's not preparing me for anything. I'm not doing anything right now. Well, then start doing something. Quit binging on Netflix. Ask God, what's next? How can I prepare now? You know, I've been listening to Dave Ramsey a lot lately. I'm into financial freedom. Like that fires me up. But you know what? It takes time and a good plan. It requires diligence and time and you will be successful. I just want to note, this is a huge point for this message. And really the reason why we titled this episode, He's Alive. In verse 36 and in verse 26, David says the same thing. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? 
that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. David says the armies of the living God. Do you know that your God is living? Let's just look at that, the word living and and alive. So definition for that is of a person or an animal, alert and active, animated. Synonyms for that are lively, energetic, vibrant, vivacious, spirited. Are you any of these things? Because the living God is, and we are to be as Jesus is, even in this world. Are you all of these things? Because our God is, and even more than that. So we're talking about the living God. He's alive, right? If you study different religions, you'll realize quickly that the thing that deciphers Christianity from other religions is that our God is alive. Jesus rose again. And my question to you is, do you know that? Do you live as if that's true? Are you like David, looking at situations in your life and saying, what is going on here? Who is this giant coming against me? I am a part of the army of the living God. Do you realize that you are in a battle here? You have been given the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. You have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. I think I talked about this in the last podcast. Are you packing heat? Are you prepared? Do you have what you need? You know, why do you think you have those things? It's so you can fight and not run scared like those soldiers did. So I'll say it again, and I'm repeating this on purpose. He's the living God. Do you know that? Do you know that in your heart of hearts? The soldiers, they may have intellectually known it. They heard others say it, but they weren't acting like it. Are we doing the same? Do we know stuff about God, but don't act like it's true? Therefore, is it true to us? Do we actually believe it? You know, Each person, you'll have to answer that for yourself. But David clearly knew it in his mind, and he knew it in his heart. We don't just celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive on Easter Sunday only. That's an awesome holiday. In fact, it's my favorite. But we actually celebrate that every day. Let's just reread that verse 37. So David said, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. And then it says, Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Okay, guys, hey, we're going to actually do a part two of this. So I know it's a cliffhanger. You're going to have to come back and listen to part two. It'll come out shortly and you can hear the rest of this. Maybe it's already out if you're listening to this at a later date, but I just want to encourage you He is alive. So get out there and kill some giants.